This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 291, recorded Monday, November 14, 2016. Nice. Yes, sir. Holy moly. Jason, how's it going for you? It's uh, it's going pretty good. Doing How all right. How about you? I have had a hell of a week. You have had a hell of a week. <laughs> I haven't had one of the craziest weeks of my life. Uh, things are better now, though. Good. Um, if anyone was listening to our last podcast, you know, at the end there, I spoke a little bit about some problems that we were having uh christina who everybody knows because she's been on the podcast a bunch lately had uh, had to go into the hospital last friday so um over a week ago now she, she turned out she turns out she was in the hospital for a week until the following friday when she came home and it was pretty scary there for a little while man yeah she got a really really bad infection bacterial infection in her basically her face in her neck and cheek and it uh, started swelling like crazy they had to give her a breathing tube honestly i don't remember how much of this i went into last time we recorded because i was just just talking you know without thinking but uh breathing tube and it got very serious and they were worried about a lot of uh bad bad stuff that could come out of this and they had to do some neck surgery on her to take mm. a look inside and uh make sure that you know there weren't really nasty things going on in there so in the hospital for a week but she's home now and doing well and uh recovering and all that really is left to happen is for this uh you know neck surgery incision to heal up which they're doing slowly but surely because they need to to keep checking on it, right? Yeah, they're doing doing slowly. She's actually only partially stitched up right now, and they pack it with gauze and uh, put a bandage over it. And we have a nurse come to the house a couple times a day to inspect it and replace the gauze and just make sure it's okay. But it's really kind of crazy to think that she's got a and basically an open neck wound right across the front of her neck right now it's not deep like it doesn't go into her throat it's just through the skin and neck flesh uh what they wanted to do is take a look in there and look at the flesh to make sure that this infection she had wasn't starting to cause something called necrotizing fasciitis and i really really recommend everyone you do not google that because the images that will come up are not worth seeing i I swear I did it and I wish I hadn't, but necrotizing fasciitis means to, well, you and I will know it as flesh eating disease. Mm -hmm. Pretty nasty. So that's what they were looking for when they went in and tried to, or when they went in to look at the flesh of her neck. So luckily they didn't find any evidence of that, but still it doesn't explain this massive infection she had. Well, not that it was, they were trying to do that, but you know what I mean? Like she got this infection, it didn't turn into that and... You know, she still could have died if they hadn't treated it, but uh, they did, and she's okay now. Well, luckily, you live right near one of the best hospitals in the country. Amazing hospital experience. I mean, if you have to have a hospital experience, it's amazing. And we were, you know, super happy with every 
medical professional we had there, the nurses, the doctors, everybody. And we saw them all. Like we saw the infectious diseases guy. There was, of course, the surgeon. There were special specialists in uh, ear, nose and throat, all kinds of stuff. And they were all amazing. Did you see Dr. Cohen? He was our OGBYN when we had Jasper there. He's the guy who delivered Jasper. He is the guy who delivered Jasper. Was he there? He wasn't there. He didn't. No, we didn't. He didn't come to see us. We didn't need to have a baby delivered. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so, That'd be a hell of a thing, eh? That would Stack be crazy. on top of all that crap. It's like, oh yeah, and you're having a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got flesh eating disease and you're having a baby. Uh, we didn't need that. No. Oh so I didn't really mean to talk about this so much here at the beginning other than to say she's okay and uh you know we'll likely be back on here someday but probably not this week because she's going to need at least another week to to recover um but uh i did want to say that listeners as i've said before we have the best listeners in the world i got so many emails from people just giving their best wishes and you know just letting us know that they hope she gets better soon and that not to worry about missing the feedback show last week because really podcasting is not that important when we're talking about life and death, flesh eating disease. Yeah. It's, it's only a podcast after all. It's exactly. fun. Yeah. No doubt about it. But you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's just, you know, two guys talking on the internet. It, yeah. And there's lots of that going on. So thank you so much though, to everyone who wrote in it made, me feel better and it definitely made her feel better because she she's very critical of herself when she comes on here and she worries that people don't like her and she's all that kind of stuff right but uh it was really nice to hear from everyone so thank you so much for that and uh she'll probably be back at some point good Good, good, good. And the first thing she wanted when she got the uh, the feeding tube out was a meatball sub, I, I, I recall. <laughs> well, you know, uh, nothing like a good meatball sub to make yourself feel better. Well, yeah. You know, she, I always recommend meatball subs. Yeah. She, it's been, been a long time since I've had a meatball sub. You should go tomorrow for lunch. Uh, Thursday. I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be at a location that has uh, meatball subs nearby on Thursday. Okay, perfect. Plan it now, man. It's planned. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, she, I mean, she had this feeding tube in for four days and it's funny because she was actually alert and conscious most of the time with that tube in, not feed, uh, the breathing tube. She had a feeding tube as well because she can't eat yeah. with a breathing tube. But yeah, the, if you're, if you got something down your, you know, gullet, keep helping you breathe, uh, really, they're not going to feed you meatballs. No, no, they're not. But she had the breathing tube. Uh, she couldn't talk, so she had to write everything. But we, I tell people that, and most people are like, no, that's not possible. I'm like, what do you mean? She said, or people say, when you have a breathing tube in, you're sedated the whole time because most people just can't handle it. And I'm like, well, not her. She was only sedated very, uh, you know, not very much at all. And she was alert and talking and texting people. She was super uncomfortable and miserable, but right. she was alert. That's a good um, sign, though. If you're not super uncomfortable and not miserable because of the uh, uh, breathing tubes, then it's uh, it's a bad situation. But being miserable is a good sign because you you want to be miserable in that kind of you're, situation. Yeah, you're lucid enough to be miserable, and that that's great. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, so a lot of people are surprised to hear she was awake for most of that, um, or not, at, or at least not partially sedated, but. She was, and I spent most of the time at the hospital hanging out when I wasn't um, dealing, sorting out the kids and getting to school and so on. But uh, anyways, we'll we'll move on, but she's okay now. We just had a really crazy week. Very scary yeah. at times, especially early on when we didn't really know what was going on. And uh, yeah, don't Google necrotizing fasciitis. 
Oh, there's all kinds of things you should not Google. Well, that's one of them for sure. Such as Goatsy or <laughs> Two Girls, One Cup. There's there's so much you should not Google. Yeah, I'm just going to stop using Google altogether unless it's <laughs> bunny rabbits and yes. penguins, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, go to, uh, there's a, uh, on Reddit, there's, uh, if you do happen to Google uh, necrotizing flashyitis, what's it called? Flesh eating disease? Yeah. Uh, there is a subreddit called iBleach which uh, will give you warm and fuzzy stuff that you can get rid of the horrifying images that you've seen. Oh, I, I need that. I, I Googled, uh, yeah, I need that because I made the mistake of Googleizing it, Googleizing, Googling it. <laughs> I, I also Googled cellulitis, which is something else that we were considering here. And don't do that either. I see you about okay. to type. <laughs> I'm uh, going to uh, eye bleach. Okay. All right. Let's, let's move on, Jason. I want to play an entry in our Record Your Favorite Scene competition. Awesome. All right. This one comes from our friend Romy in Florida. Pissing your pants yet? Boy, do I have a feeling we're getting close. Gonna be PP Pants City here real soon. Which one of you pricks is the leader? Hi. You're Rick, right? I'm Negan. And I do not appreciate you blocking my shit. Now, when I sent a request for you to unblock me, you blocked me again. Not cool. Not cool. You have no idea how not cool that shit is. But you're going to be up to speed shortly. Yeah. You're so going to regret blocking me in a few minutes. (laughs) Yes, you are. I'm just going to tell you something, and it's real simple. So even if you're stupid, which you very well may be, you can understand it. You ready? Here it goes. Pay attention. Share my shit, or I will break you. (laughs) Because today was career day. All right. I think uh, Romy made a few modifications to the script on that one about, you know, <laughs> sharing stuff and uh, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> uh, nice. But also very, very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of fun to, to listen to that one. So that's the kind of thing we're looking for. Not necessarily changes to the script, but if you want to add your own little flair, I mean, that's okay. Uh, but what you want to do is is pick a scene from any episode of The Walking Dead, season one through seven, record it and send it in to us. And at the end of the season, we're going to pick our favorite for a fancy big prize pack. Cool. And not only that, it's super fun to receive those and just listen to them and, and uh, play them on the show. So um, get recording, people, and send it in to us. Send your entries to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. That's the easiest way to do it. Do it now. Right now. Stop listening, do it, send it in, then keep listening. <laughs> Stop paying attention to us and do it. <laughs> just make sure you, uh, yeah, you come back after you do it. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Jason, let's move on into our recap of Season 7, Episode 3. Cool. Well, thank you for all your help, Rick. You've provided some very good service. Service? There we go. Just a couple of title reads this week. That was Lauren in Massachusetts and John on the internet. 
I like awesome. John's. The accent yeah. service. Service. <laughs> very, very good. So it's season seven, episode three. We open with... Four. Oh, shoot, four. You're right. I wrote down three. Uh, well, it scared me there for a second. I'm like, oh, did I watch one too many episodes? What happened? Well, I, I now we're going to have to start over. Should we just go back to the beginning and do everything over again? I'll get the number no. right? No, it's fine. Okay. Everybody understands. You've had a hell of a week. You substituted a three for a four. Who cares, man? Bad week can't it's, count anymore. Yeah, it's November 14th. You got the date right. No, you're right. I did, and I got the number of the podcast right, so I'm on yeah, the right so track. You're, you're doing good. You're doing good, my friend. Did I say three before we did the title reads, too? I have no idea. I wasn't paying attention until just now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, man. <laughs> All right. Let's start for Season 7, Episode 5. Five. All right. I mean four. Uh, we pick up, and we've got Rick and Michonne in bed. They are lying back-to-back -back on you know opposite sides of the bed. Not a lot of romance going on tonight. And she gets up after giving him a long look. She goes down, retrieves a large rifle with a scope that she appears to have hidden in their fireplace. Which is a good spot to hide stuff from everybody but the chimney sweep. True. But what if someone doesn't know it's there, then comes along, makes a fire, and is like, oh, that's a nice, warm, toasty fire, and then they melt your gun? It, well, no. no? We're not going to melt it. You might burn the stock a little bit, but... Uh, I think you would be fine. You just, what would happen there is your, uh, your rifle would smell smoky, I think. Cause then there's not a lot of heat going up the, the chimney, right? There's heat going up, but no flames and definitely nothing hot enough to melt hardened steel used for firearms. So maybe the stock would get slightly singed, but that's about it. What if you build a big rager of a fire? Well, don't. That's stupid. You're inside your house for crying out loud. <laughs> okay, good point. What if there's ammunition in the rifle? Will it possibly fire due to the fire? You, you should never store ammunition inside your rifle. Dude, it's the Look, zombie. You should never store your rifle inside your fireplace. You're right. It's the zombie. <laughs> you're right on that point, but, you know, uh, store your ammunition separate from your rifle when you're storing it near someplace that somebody might start a fire on purpose. It's the zombie apocalypse. I mean, you're going to store loaded weapons probably. You are, but this is not one of those weapons that you store for a zombie apocalypse. This is a hidden weapon for use for clandestine purposes, All right. right? The weapon right. you want to have for the zombie apocalypse is a loaded shotgun leaning up against your door uh, to your bedroom, and then another one at the top of the stairs, another one at the bottom of the stairs, another one at the front door, the back door, the side door, and every single window. And those <laughs> are the 17 or 18 shotguns you need lying around your house, loaded, ready to go. Right. This one is a uh, a secret rifle hidden for clandestine purposes. Okay. We're only in the first scene, and I can't believe we went <laughs> off that long on, on whether or not to hide rifles in the chimney. It's important. Don't. She, she grabs the rifle, puts it in a bag, and also with her katana, leaves, and Rick watches her go. So he knows she's gone. Um, I figured she was sneaking out at first, but not really. They don't I say thought anything. she was moving out. I was like, man, that's harsh. <laughs> Rick, I don't respect you anymore. I'm out of here. I'm taking my katana. I'm taking my secret gun. I'm loading my toothbrush and the toothpaste that you keep using, and I'm getting the hell out of here. I thought for a second, I thought it was like a harsh thing to do. Like, Rick, I've lost all respect for you. You didn't murder that man that murdered our friends. So uh, I'm leaving you. But I was wrong. Wow, that would be harsh, man. Well, we see Michonne. She's out in a field somewhere, and she sets herself up on top of a rusted-out old car, just sitting there looking. 
Uh, we cut back to Rick, and he goes to get Judith, who's standing up in her crib. And he says good morning to her, and we cut over to Eugene, who's working on repairing a portable audio system, as he call it calls it. Uh, Rosita and Spencer drive up and ask him to open the gate. Apparently they're going out on a run to find stuff for Negan, and uh, she's a bit cold and bitchy with uh, with Eugene, I would say. Well, give, yeah, give some a hard it's time. Eugene. I know. He's the he's the punching bag of the group. You just beat up on Eugene because he's just going to be Eugene, you know. But like, what did he ever do? I mean, his best buddy Abraham was just murdered, and I know she's upset about that. But why does she have to be such a jerk to him? She's gone through a lot recently, and uh, I I know he like hid outside the door watching them do it. I mean, that's going to upset someone probably. But, I mean, get over it. The guy she was with is dead now, and Eugene is just trying to get along like everybody. Right. But she insists on being a jerk to him. Eh, I, I think it's understandable. I feel bad for Eugene. I, think, I feel bad for Eugene, too, but I, I think that everybody's, you know, pretty upset right now. I guess, yeah. pretty. I and his job is to open the gate. That's probably why he's sitting there. It's like, dude... Why the hell are you sitting here if you're not guarding the gate? Your job is to guard the gate, open the gate, close the gate. How hard is that? You Now you're working on a radio. Yeah. Focus. Portable audio system. Sorry. Portable audio system. <laughs> right. Like a ghetto blaster. Yeah. In it, the it, 80s with his mullet so he could play uh, the Go-Go's. <laughs> so, we got the beat. Uh, I would like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw that exact scene one time in the 80s. Somebody with a ghetto blaster walking down the street with a mullet uh, with we got the beat blaring out of the damn thing. Well, that's, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that in the 80s I, with a mullet. That was the most 80s moment of my whole life. And it was only last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was in the 80s. And it was Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. Yeah. Um, they're talking anyways. A bunch. The, we hear the sounds of a bunch of loud trucks and vehicles drive up to the gate and shut off. And then we get that amazing shot that we saw in the tra trailer. The silhouette of Negan walks up and knocks on the gate and he asks to, asks to be let in. Having trouble talking. That's okay. Yep. Um, Spencer, <laughs> now my favorite scene of the episode, Spencer slides open the, the sheet that they've got in front of the metal gate. Uh, I know it's not a sheet, but whatever it is, the fabric-y type thing that's blocking the view through. And he says, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure he knows, but he's just being a smart ass, which may not be what you want to do. Uh, I would have said, can I help you, ma'am? Oh, that's even better. <laughs> that's what I would have said. <laughs> and then you would have been killed. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. He didn't kill Spencer. So Rick walks up and he reminds Negan that he said a week and that they're early. Uh, but Rick opens the gate and then a walker comes up behind them and Negan takes it out with Lu Lucille. Mm-hmm. So Negan's got a lot of guys there. We see them. We see a camera pan across them, including Daryl. He's brought Daryl with him, because why not? And Negan's talking about how great he is for killing that walker and providing such a wonderful service to the people of Alexandria. Mm -hmm. I guess that's where the episode title comes in. Service. Um, you know, and he says, I did this for you even after almost being turned away by this jackass here who asked me who I am. And then just before the opening credits, Negan hands Lucille to Rick and says, hold this. Nice. How do you feel about that scene? What was he doing there? 
Well, he's, uh, you're mine. This is mine. You hold this for me. He was, uh, it's putting Rick in his place a little bit more. It's giving him, it's the same thing as uh, when he uh, was in the in the camper and he put the hatchet into the table yeah. and turned his back on him. It's uh, the same kind of power play. It's just like, here, you hold this. You know, if it were, if this were uh, a prison movie, then what he would do is he would turn out his pocket and then Rick would have to hang on to the, uh, to the pocket uh, as Negan walked, walked around. What do you, pocket, what do you mean? You know, you know, you have a, you have a pocket, right? Yeah, I got Are pockets. Are you wearing pants? I am. Okay, so you have a pocket. In Unlike your pants, I usually I do while I'm podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you have to turn the inside out of your pocket, turn your pocket inside out, and it leaves a little flap. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then uh, what you do is you get somebody that you want to absolutely control or that uh, who is your bitch, uh, you make them hang on to that and just follow you around. It's like a little leash, but it's the leash that they hold uh, for walking themselves around. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, it's a thing in TV and movies. Uh, you remember when we watched um, uh, when we watched Prison Break? Yes, it was part. I watched the whole first season of Prison Break at one time, and one of the main bad guys had uh, somebody that used to hold on to his turned up pocket and walked around. So it's a thing in TV and movies. I don't know if it's an actual thing in prison. Oh, okay. But that's what I'm, it's the same kind of thing that Negan is doing. He's just, he's putting Rick in his place. Yeah. He's making him an underling. He's saying, I have so much power over you. I can hand you my signature weapon and you can do nothing about it. That's right. Right. You could, you, you might think about swinging this at me, but it won't work. Even if you get a, get a blow on, even if you hit me with this thing, even if you get a blow on, Jason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know how to turn that, so I just yeah. shut up. <laughs> um, you know, nothing good will come of it because everyone else will open fire. But it's it's a massive power play. It's Negan yeah. saying, I absolutely 100% control your ass. Yes. And uh, that's how I like it. So go to the opening credits and when we come back uh negan's there of course still he's commenting on how great alexandria is and what a bountiful you know abundance of riches it will provide and rick tries to talk to daryl but negan in his words or the way he says it shuts that shit down and he calls huh. daryl the help he's just there you know as a pair of strong arms mm -hmm. and negan now gets up close and personal with rosita and he just kind of hovers over her, being all awkward and, and creepy. She eventually walks away from him, and then Negan comments on how much suspense there was there. <laughs> Which is a weird line, but Negan is a weird guy. He's a bit of a weird guy. You know? And he... Just, just to hover over her like that to make her uncomfortable? Like, he obviously gets off on that kind of thing. Yes. He's, uh, he does enjoy his, uh, his little power plays. Yeah, no, anything he can do to make himself feel big and make other people feel small. Mm -hmm. um, so Rick starts talking about how they have half their supplies ready for them, but Negan says he decides what they take. And then Arat, or Arat, A-R-A-T, which is a new character played by Elizabeth Ludlow, Ludlow, I'm all over the place today, she tells the crew of Negan's guys to move out and search the houses. Arat, A-R-A-T? A rat? Sure. All right, why not? It's not a rat. It's probably Eret. Okay. Uh, well, she acts like a rat. Um, 
so they they go off to search the houses rick and negan walk away and we get dwight now and he asks rosita and spencer where they were going but immediately says he doesn't care because really he doesn't and he takes their guns from them and then tells them to go get daryl's bike yeah so this guy he wants to be daryl dixon well, I'm not sure about that. I think he wants to rule Daryl Dixon. In order to rule Daryl Dixon, you have to put Daryl Dixon in his Daryl Dixon place. And to do that, you have to take as much of Daryl Dixon's stuff as you can. So do you think Dwight really is just still trying to, to break Daryl and, and just trying to get his goat by like wearing his clothes and use his weapon and ride his motorcycle? And he's not sort of mentally unhinged and looks at and has some sort of unhealthy fascination with Daryl and is like, so, I want to be you. Cause he, cause he loves him so much. Is that he, what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks like that now, but later right near the end of this episode, we get a glimpse of what he's doing. Um, so I, I think his job is to break Daryl and to make him a Negan. Uh, and right. in order to do that, he's trying everything he possibly can to, uh, to break him in order to, and the next step is to get, Daryl's motorbike. Yeah, so it's not just like music torture therapy, dog food sessions, keeping him naked, showing him the the zombie herders outside the sanctuary. It's also just tormenting him by saying like, "I can use all your shit." I yes, can use all and, your you stuff. Know, spoiler alert for later in the episode. He he said, "You can have it back. Just say the words." Yeah. Right, so that's what he's doing. Is he's collecting all of Daryl, all the the things that make Daryl Daryl, in the uh, uh, you know in the stuff, it's all the stuff that makes Daryl Daryl, and right. saying, "I have all this stuff that is yours. You can have it back. Just say the words." Yeah, but it seems like Dwight's move is to take people's stuff. Like the next thing he does in this scene is, you know, Rosita goes to leave, but he takes her hat, and that's that's the Rosita hat. You know, it's she doesn't feel like Rosita without that hat on. So um, he takes her hat. She gets in the car and then he grabs her canteen from the dashboard and pours out all the water on the ground. And then takes the canteen. <laughs> and then takes the canteen. <laughs> I'll be honest. I found that kind of stupid. Like, well, he wanted her to hurry back. Like, don't dawdle. You know, you're not going to be gone long enough to get thirsty. So, you know, come on back. Yeah, but why pour the water out? Just take the canteen, drink the water or save the water. I mean, water, I've talked about this before. Water, actually, I talked about this with the uh, ice on Fear the Walking Dead, right? But water seems like a very important commodity in this world. Clean water. So if you have it, why are you pouring it out on the ground and wasting it? I know it's not a lot, but it just seems stupid. You've made your point by taking it from her. Why do you have to pour it out? Well, maybe he didn't want to drink it because he didn't know if he was going to get uh, backwash or maybe she peed in it. I I don't know. <laughs> she peed in it just in case <laughs> Dwight comes and takes it. Yeah. Wouldn't you keep a canteen around with pee in it just in case Dwight showed up? I mean, I, I do anyway, but... It's... <laughs> yeah, I got a bottle just over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just in case somebody comes over I don't like. Here, have this drink. It's uh, fizzy lemon juice. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't God. know why my urine is fizzy, but whatever. <laughs> Because you put it through your soda stream, right? That, yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, I just found, I honestly, I just found this scene kind of stupid. It's like he didn't need to pour it out, and water's important. I think taking it away is it makes his point. And I don't know. It felt kind of dumb. I was like, he doesn't need. Why pour it out? It makes no sense. 
but he does. And then Rosita and Spencer drive out of the gate on their way to get the motorbike. We cut back to Michonne. She's up there on her rusted car perch looking around. A walker starts approaching from a distance and she takes out the rifle and she shoots multiple times at this thing using the scope, missing every time. Well, obviously, this from sitting in the fireplace where they may or may not have lit fires has really thrown off the sights on this particular rifle. And uh, she needs to spend some time uh, getting getting the scope aligned with where the damn thing is actually shooting. It, it feels like it because I don't feel like Michonne would miss that many times. I counted nine shots. Uh, the last few were pretty quick, though, so it's possible I miscounted. But nine, nine shots. shots. And... You know, that zombie seemed like it got pretty close to her while she was still missing. So you're right. I call misaligned scope. It it well, couldn't have been just bad shooting on her part. And the magazine's not nearly that big. She would have had to reload that thing like three or four times because it probably only holds like three or four shots at a time. So really? nine shots, she would have had to reload at least once or twice. Well, we didn't see any reloading, but uh, that kind of gun doesn't hold more than nine rounds. Well, there's a little spot. I'm, I'm looking at it now, and there's a little spot for a magazine underneath, but it's sealed off. It's it's probably a top loader, and uh, it doesn't hold that many, like maybe five. It's a hunting rifle. You don't need a 20-shot mag. Okay. Well, all right. So either way, she didn't she <laughs> you didn't need reload. nine shots to take down a deer, uh, your best bet is to just obviously use a katana. <laughs> yeah, because you only need one swipe of that. Maybe right. two. <laughs> Maybe two. Yeah. Uh, well, I just couldn't believe that Michonne would miss that much. I know she's she uses a sword most of the time, but it just felt weird that she would miss. So it must have been misaligned scope. I blame the rifle. Eventually, though, she jumps down and uh, she slices that thing's head right in half with her sword. So she knows what she's doing with that thing. True. Um, she walks back into the forest and finds a dead deer on the ground, and it looks like the deer has a gunshot wound through its neck. So are we to believe that one of those shots missed the zombie and hit the deer, or is it just a coincidence that that deer is there? No, she hit the deer. That's what I assumed. Yeah, I thought so too, but it didn't, I don't know, it, it seemed like a, a pretty lucky coincidence to miss a zombie and hit a deer that you don't well, even see. it's a deer see. rifle, and the the rifle knows what it's doing. It's not a zombie rifle, right? Oh, okay, Nobody fine. makes rifles specifically for the zombie apocalypse. I mean, a lot of people maybe store them for that purpose, but, uh, you know, they're they're meant for hunting deer. Mm -hmm. And so if it's a deer rifle, it, you know, it probably knows, hey, uh, I know you're aiming at that zombie over there, but there's a deer behind it. You can't see it, but I'm going to hit the deer. Well, so obviously it is a, uh, a plus one rifle that has uh, its own sentience. I guess if way back in season one, was it season one or season two, Otis tries to shoot a deer and ends up shooting Carl. In this case, Michonne was trying to shoot a zombie and ends up shooting a deer. Yeah. So the moral of this story is uh, sight your rifle in so that you hit what you're aiming at, damn it, <laughs> and be aware of what's behind what you're shooting at. Because it's very important, you know, you don't just look and focus on what you're shooting at. You scan around and go, you know what? There's like 17 people behind that deer that uh, I'm about to shoot at. I probably shouldn't try and shoot the deer. Or at least not miss. You just fire off into the air. Those people will run off. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It's usually what happens. Well, all right. So we go to a commercial break, come back, and uh, Negan's guys are taking furniture out of the houses. And he's talking about how reasonable he actually is once you get to know him. Sounds like the kind of thing he would say. Two guys to carry one chair? Come on. 
Ah, it must have been it's a heavy just an chair. Armchair. I've carried armchairs up and down stairs all by myself. I carried a friggin' sofa bed down the stairs, uh, clearing out the room for Jasper all by myself. Whole sofa bed. Those are freaking heavy. How the hell did you yes, do they that? Are. You're not the that gravity. strong. I wouldn't have carried it up the stairs, but down the stairs was easy. Was it more of like sliding it down the stairs? Oh yeah, I slid it down the stairs. Okay. But I moved it from one room to the top of the stairs, and then I slid it, and then once I got it downstairs, I moved it to the back of the other room. So yeah, two guys to carry one chair. I don't know. Did you, Seems like a union thing to me. Did <laughs> yeah, the the the, <laughs> the Negan union is uh, very powerful, or the, right. the henchman union, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you ride your sofa bed down the stairs, or did you? No, I uh, I strapped uh, held put straps on it and uh, lowered it down from above because oh. I didn't want to be underneath it if it got away from me. So you kind of water skied it down. Well, yeah, it was the boat. You were the skier. It was more of a horse, uh, you know, uh, an oxen pulling a plow kind of thing. Okay. Whereas I was just sort of, uh, it was just kind of an illusion of control where, you know, if that ox really need, wants to go somewhere, there's not a chance in hell that I'm going to convince it that it shouldn't go there. Got it. But I've got the straps, so hopefully the couch paid attention to me for a little while. Got it. Sounds it, like it, it was successful. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, so Negan, he grabs a drink from a cooler. He opens the can, takes a sip and throws it away because he's that kind, I do. kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've gone through three drinks since we started. And they're all <laughs> on the, right. They're on the, a pile of them back of the room. on the floor behind you. Yeah. Uh, now, one of his guys brings a video camera over and it has Rick's original Alexandria video that Deanna made on it. So Rick's talking about how he's killed people on the video and Negan looks at that and comments on his beard, calls it a man bush uh-huh. and says he would have, he would not have messed with that guy. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, but he comments that, uh, that's not Rick anymore, obviously because he shaved. No, no you know, now you're a freshly shorn little wimp of a man. That's exactly right. Negan starts talking about Maggie, but he calls her that sick girl. And uh, Rick gives, you know, when he mentions her, Rick gives Negan a look and Negan doesn't like it. And he says, careful how you look at me, Rick, because he knows that Rick had some some uh, rebellious thoughts there for a second, I think. Well, he's talking about getting with her, right? It's not just, you know, where is she? It's, uh, yeah. you know, when you kill somebody's, uh, when you kill a woman's husband, uh you know, it's really nice to have sex with them after. Well, yeah. And so that kind of really annoyed Rick. And I understand. Like, Negan is just a slimy bastard. I mean, that's a nice way of putting it, yes. I, I think. You're right. He's talking about how widows are special and how they're empty inside. And, you know, he wants to he wants to get with her. Um, and Negan wants to know where she is. But suddenly, Father Gabriel comes out of nowhere. And he asks Negan if he would like to pay his respects. Yeah. So, so so Maggie's dead. So they're saying Maggie's dead. So no, no Maggie's dead. I've they didn't show us anything to contradict that. I assume she's dead. Okay, fine. They go to a grave. No, they did. They, they later did on. Later, yeah. yeah. Right. So they go to a grave. I mean, Negan talks about how Father Gabe is creepy as shit, and I got to admit, he kind of is. He just sort of sidles up and starts talking, and he's weird smile on his face, and he's a bit creepy. Um, I think Negan's right for once on that. Uh, Gabriel apologizes. They go to see Maggie's grave. Negan says it's a damn tragedy. And he says that number two didn't need to happen, but Daryl forced my hand. And by number two, he means the second person he killed in the forest. That's right. Yep. Um, so everybody tends to agree that it was, you know, Daryl's fault that Negan had to kill Glenn. 
except for me. I don't think it's Daryl's fault. No, no, I understand. Uh, but they all, they're, they're, everyone on the show, all the characters seem to uh, be in agreement that if Daryl hadn't jumped up and punched him, Glenn might still be alive. That's true. However, um, Negan says he was going to ask Maggie to come back with him. And he is about to explain why she would want to do that after he bashed her husband's head in. But we hear a gunshot. Mm. So that's concerning. They all walk away, and it turns out it was Carl, and he's got a gun on one of the saviors. Oh, Carl. Yeah, Carl, what the hell are you doing, man? Uh, He says to the guy, you have to put some back, or the next one goes into him. And when everybody gets there, Carl explains that they are taking all the medicine instead of only half. Mm. So I can see why Carl's a little upset, and he's young, and he's, you know, not afraid of anything, so he's going to point a gun at this guy, but... You really got to think it's not a great idea. No, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a bad, it's not a, a great idea, but it, he is a minor. Like Carl's supposed to be less than 18, right? Oh, so yeah. Well, you, you can forgive uh, a minor for general general infractions like uh, firing a shot and, and threatening to kill somebody. I mean, he only fired a warning shot after all. That's right. It's only a warning shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can excuse that, but Negan comes in and uh, Carl has the giant man-sized balls to say that Negan and his crew should leave before they find out how dangerous they all really are. It's true. That's even more crazy, I think, to say something like that straight to a guy like Negan. He's not wrong. Well, he's kind of wrong in the moment, I think. Like, at this point, at this point in time, Rick's gang is not dangerous or not a threat to Negan at all. One bit. Maybe they will be someday. That's not what he's saying, though. He's not saying that, uh, you know, we're dangerous people. You should be wary. It's, you know, we can be extremely dangerous. So you better leave before you find that out. Like, right now, sure, we're uh, we're being, uh, you know, we're not being dangerous to you at the exact moment but you know that could change and right now i have a handgun and uh i think i personally think carl should have taken the shot and killed negan right there and then the problem with that is though everybody else in that room dies then not necessarily you don't think so you know you create a power vacuum you don't necessarily get retribution you know uh, loyalty to someone like negan does not survive his death necessarily it it doesn't in the long term, but I think in the immediate aftermath, those other guys all would have pulled guns and just open fired. Carl would have been killed. Rick would have been killed. And they may have been the only two in the room other than Negan's guys. Now, is that a sacrifice willing to take to cut the head off the snake? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but it, this certainly isn't the first chance they've had to do this. Rick has been walking around this whole time holding Lucille. Standing behind Negan, standing by the graves. Think about it. By the graves where it was Rick, Negan, Father Gabe, and Daryl, I think, was there. And that's it. That's three against one. I don't know. Maybe maybe one of Negan's guys was there, too. But And they're out of the way. They're behind the little forest of, of spruce trees or whatever they have surrounding those graves. Take down Negan there, and you might even be able to defuse the situation before it gets out of hand with his guys. Maybe. I don't know. It, it it seems like there were a few opportunities to do something about Negan in this episode, and they didn't take it. Um, 
Rick seems very, very afraid of him. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyways, Negan can't believe back in the scene, Negan can't believe Carl is threatening him. Uh, Rick tries to tell Carl to put the gun down, but Negan's like, shut up. Don't talk to him. We're having a conversation here. And Negan says half is what I say it is. And he offers to prove how serious he is about this by killing someone. But Carl lowers the gun. So it's not half. It's what I say we're going to take. Well, yeah, half is, you know, a relative term. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Right. You know, there's my half, there's your half, and there's somebody else's half. And, you know, you split things uh, five or six different ways and everybody gets half and that's good. Yeah. Half for me, half for you, half for everybody else. That's right. We come back from a commercial break, uh, Rick and Negan. Oh, no, not yet. Uh, Negan Negan talks about how he's reminded, this whole thing reminded him about how many guns Rick has. And he says he can't allow that, and all the guns are his now. And uh, he asks Rick, where are my guns, Mr. Rick? So then after the commercial, they are arriving at the armory. And Olivia's there, of course, because she's in charge of this. And she starts leading the way into the back and says that she inventories all the guns and the rations. Everybody else walks in following her. Negan comments to Rick that he isn't taking a scrap of their food. And the reason behind that is that if Rick and everyone starve to death, well, they can't gather any more stuff for them to take. Mm -hmm. So he needs them to be alive. And Rick doesn't really know what to say. And Negan says, how about a thank you? (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm taking everything, but I'm not taking your food. So you should thank me for that. It's true. And then Negan speculates on whether all the guns are, in fact, in the armory. So we go out to Rosita and Spencer, go back to them, and they are now out on the train tracks uh, where Dr. Denise was killed. They find Daryl's bike, which is still hidden under some bushes, right where Daryl left it. Awesome. Very good. Uh, Spencer pulls it out and loads it in the back of the van, and while he's doing this, he's commenting on how many of Negan's men there are, and this is our life now. This is where Rick got us, you know, not a lot of faith in Rick's leadership because they've ended up here and he's kind of blaming Rick for all the death and their current situation. He is, which I can sort of understand, you know, it's, it's Rick showed up, some bad stuff happened, some good stuff happened and then Negan happened and now here they are. Yeah. If you follow the steps back far enough, it does seem like Rick's fault. It does. Um, Rosita, though, is looking around and she walks off into the forest. Not sure exactly what she's doing at this point, but we'll find out. Take a leak. (laughs) Of course. I need somewhere I can uh, privately take a leak. Uh, You go in the forest. What, is she just going to squat down right there? No, you go behind a bush and, you know, have a little decorum. If I've learned anything about peeing in the woods, yeah, you go into the woods. You don't just stand there on the train tracks. Yes. Got it. Okay, well, back in Alexandria, um, they're loading all the guns into a truck. Daryl brings some more out, so Negan's just putting him to work. Negan takes one and shoots out a window, just again, because he likes to, you know, hear the sound of his own gun, I guess. Made me wonder where Judith was. Uh, Why is that? Well, because is she upstairs in this particular house? That Did he just shoot a baby? Like... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I did that never even occurred to me. That's not Rick's house though. That's one of the uh that that might have been the house where they had the wolf in the basement. It's in that 
group of row houses there. There could be like a whole bunch of people upstairs. There could be, they could be having a hoedown. I have no idea what's going on up there, but that just seems like an unsafe direction to discharge a firearm. Well, he first points the gun at Daryl and then he swings his arm past Rick and shoots through the window. So I get it. You know, he doesn't know what's in that window, but you know what? He doesn't care. Not really, no. He just wants to fire a gun and make it just everyone... It made me think, like, we saw Judith earlier in the episode, right? Yep. And she was obviously on the second floor of a building, and Negan just fired into the second floor of a building. I'm like, holy crap, where's Judith? Did they just kill a baby? <laughs> Off screen. Oh, well, no. I don't think they killed Judith. No, no, I think she's fine. Definitely not. Um... So he shoots out the window, then another one of his guys brings out the rocket launcher, and Negan comments on how, oh, look at that, it was you guys who took out Little Timmy and the Dick Brigade. <laughs> yep. Um, those were the guys on motorcycles on the uh, highway that Daryl so exploded. So that, that's even more, like, uh, Negan knows that Rick and the gang have taken out a whole bunch of his men, but he didn't even realize that, that those were included. Yeah, exactly. Those. <laughs> it's even more guys, although... I have a feeling he earlier said, you know, you killed my guys here, you killed my guys here. Did he not mention those guys on the highway? I don't recall. I don't recall either. But anyways, he called them Little Timmy and the Dick Brigade. And I have a nephew who's named Tim, and he goes by Timmy. And right. part of me is tempted to somehow work this into my relationship with him, which is great. I love Every, my nephews. Everyday conversation with your nephew? Yeah, so maybe next time I'm talking to my... Uh, my brother-in-law, I can say something like, hey, how's little Timmy and the Dick Brigade going? Do right. <laughs> Trying not to imply that your brother-in-law is part of the Dick Brigade? <laughs> no, I'll try not to, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's, Maybe just be... your sister is part of the Dick Brigade, and that's it. Yeah, it's also equally weird, if not weirder. Yeah. It's a little weird, yeah. Anyways, um, so Arat brings Olivia out roughly and says they are short, according to her inventory. They're short two guns. Uh, Negan is upset and says the inventory has to match what they're taking, and he threatens to kill Olivia for screwing it up. Right. Says he doesn't like to kill women, but killing men he can do all day long. What? Uh, when was the last time you wrote something down and it was accurate for more than five minutes? Never in my whole life. Right. <laughs> so uh, it makes me, you know, I think he's just kind of fucking around because really... If you're keeping a ledger of something, it's going to be wrong. Like, there's no way that it's going to be accurate. There's got to be a reconciliation every once in a while where you go, you know what? I had a thought we had another 22, but I guess not. And they just scratched out. Yeah. Well, I mean, someone might have taken it, lost it outside, you know, on a run somewhere. And then it takes a while to figure out that that's gone, right? Yeah. Now, in this case, they find them eventually. But I'll talk about the whole search for the guns subplot in this episode at the end. But uh, for now, Negan wants to make a point and he threatens to kill Olivia for screwing up their inventory because that's like her one job and she can't even do it. Right. We come back from commercial. Rick is speaking to all the Alexandrians. He still has Lucille at this point. Negan is not in the room. Rick has Lucille, which he has put down uh, on a bench. And he's talking about hiding guns says he didn't do it although he thought about it because what if the saviors found them it's kind of not worth doing because he doesn't think they have any chance of fighting them anyways um he says they need to find them and hand them over to negan and scott who we haven't 
seen much in, of in a long time. Yeah. He wonders why they care. He questions why they care. He says two guns aren't a threat to them, and having us use them will help us find more supplies to give to them. So he's kind of questioning that. And then Eric, which is Aaron's boyfriend, stands up and asks how they're going to get out of this situation. And this is where Rick responds, there is no way out. Negan is the boss now. I am no longer the boss. Everybody sort of looks around the room and uh, Eugene makes the comment that not everybody is here. People are missing. Yeah, but I, I wasn't quite like sure on why this is surprising to anybody. Everyone knows that Rosita and Spencer were on their way out, don't they? Or, well, I would assume. I mean, maybe not. I mean, it. Eugene was supposed to, Eugene's the keeper of the people leaving, people coming back ledger, right? Yeah. So maybe there's a couple of peaceful people missing on the, uh, on the ledger. I was, you know, it, obviously Eugene knows who comes and goes. So that's what he's saying is that, you know, maybe not everybody knew that they had gone out to get uh, the motorbike. Uh, maybe Eugene's the only one that knew, so he brought it up. Yeah, I guess so. It just, it felt like it was more to remind the audience that not everyone is there than to inform the characters sort of in the show, right? Uh, because we know they're gone, and I obviously Eugene knows they're gone, or he should anyways, but it felt like he looked around and was like, oh, wait a minute, somebody's missing. Like, he didn't know, like, he just realized it. So it was a little ham-fisted in my opinion, but... Whatever. They reminded us they were gone. And we immediately cut over to Rosita. So that's who's missing. She's in the forest and she's sneaking up on some walkers. But suddenly Spencer calls to her, which gets the attention of the walkers. They turn around and she has to fight them all off, kind of using this ring around the rosy technique going around this tree for cover. And I must admit, I thought that was pretty cool. She sort of hides behind the tree, takes one out, goes around the other side, comes up behind a walker, you know, and was honestly pretty efficient in taking down like four or five zombies, you know, with this tree technique. Yep. I don't know what you thought, but I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty neat. Um, it looks like some she, something she'd done before or planned or, you know, I don't know. If not, it was just well executed. Yeah. So she takes a gun off of one of them, but it's empty. And... Uh, um. Yeah, she's bummed out by that. So she was trying to get a weapon because she lost her guns earlier when Dwight took them. Yeah, well, bullets are easier to come by than firearms, I would assume. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, fire after a while, all the bullets are spent and you still have the firearm and no bullets. Well, you know, one without the other is useless, regardless of which one you have, That's right? That's very true. So, you know, I just, I would think that, it, you know, if she had a weapon, maybe uh, Negan would leave ammunition behind. Like they, maybe he took all the weapons. She doesn't actually know that all the weapons are being taken. She just knew that her weapon was being taken. So maybe she thought, maybe it would have been better just to assume that, you know, I'll get bullets for this later. I mean, sure, it's empty, which sucks for now, but, you know, uh, by tonight, this sucker will be loaded. Yeah, but she, she says to Spencer at one point, he, Dwight took our guns because they're going to take all our guns. Uh, so she just kind of assumed the, she read the script is what happened. Yeah. She knew what was going on. And so she's looking for a gun to use because she knows there's not going to be any left back at Alexandria. Yeah. Um, we come back from a commercial break and Negan is sitting outside with Olivia. We see them out the window having some lemonade. Uh, Rick is in Spencer's house searching for the missing guns. Father Gabe comes in and says he knows that this will all work out okay. Like Father Gabe's living in fantasy land, in my opinion, in this episode. Uh, because even if he 
thinks everything will be okay. It certainly doesn't seem like it at this point, and he's kind of feels delusional by saying things like that to me. I say stuff like that all the time. You know, no matter what's going on, it, you know, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Well, it doesn't mean I'm delusional. You know it means that's, that I'm trying to be reassuring. That's a, that's an interesting point. I, I do the same myself, you know. Uh, <laughs> wife is in the hospital all week. I told her and the kids many times that everything's going to be fine. You know, they're doing everything they can and, and you're going to be uh, just fine after this. And I meant it. I did mean it. So like I wasn't just blowing smoke up their ass because that would be horrible. Um, but I you just feel like in this situation, Gabe comes in as like, la, 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 everything's going to be great. You know, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. It doesn't feel that realistic. Well, yeah. I mean, coming in saying this is awesome. This is like the best thing ever. We're not going to have any friggin' firearms and they're taking all our mattresses and chairs and stuff. This is going to be great. We're going to have such a party because we're going to have all the food and nothing to sit on. <laughs> But that's not what he's doing. He's just sort no, of saying, it'll be fine. Don't worry. Um, but he, he sort of says that he they will find a way to beat this because he has faith in us and in Rick. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, he thanks him for Maggie's fake grave. Right? The quick thinking there. Right. And so that, Maggie's not dead. No, Maggie's not she's, dead. She's hiding in the grave. <laughs> she's <laughs> She's buried alive. At this moment, still not dead. But we're not so sure. Yeah. Uh, Aaron comes in and says that there's nothing in Rosita's house. And Rick says they have to keep looking. And so after, you know, they leave, he finds the guns along with some food and booze hidden in a floor air vent in uh, Spencer's house. Because that's where I keep my extra beans in case I get hungry. Yep. I hide them in the vent. Well, absolutely. Uh, I don't if I don't hide them in the vent, Jenny will eat all the beans. Yeah. Believe me. You got to watch out for that. Hungry wife. Um, I don't have forced air in my house. I have radiators, so I can't, don't have any vents to hide anything in. Well, you got to find other places, uh, voids in the wall and various places to uh, to hide your beans. Well, I'm not saying I don't have places to hide my beans, but okay, good. it's not air vents. Yeah. Right. So Rick brings the guns outside. Uh, one of Negan's men is out there harassing Enid about some balloons she wants to keep, and he keeps calling her little girl and making her say... Uh, please. Please, yeah. Yeah. This is so goddamn gross that I didn't even want to watch it. It was pretty, it was pretty harsh. Like, like this, this creepy, disgusting old fucking guy harassing this innocent-ish teenager. It was so nasty. It was so it gross. Was. Uh, but this is the kind of people, you know, Negan has working for him. So Rick then gives the guns to Negan and Negan wants to know who had them. And he says, everybody has to be on board. You know, not, there can't be one person who's hiding something or this isn't going to work. Yeah. So we get some shots of some of Negan's trucks leaving Alexandria, but Rosita and Spencer return. Uh, Rick sees Michonne in one of those buildings just outside the wall, I think. And he asks for a second to go talk to her. He does, and he convinces Michonne that she has to surrender her gun as well, the rifle. And Rick is still carrying Lucille at this point. So Rick's just walking around carrying the bat. That's his job. I know, but you'd think, I don't know, you'd think at some point he'd put it down and leave it somewhere. But I guess then he wouldn't be doing his job, and Negan doesn't like it when people don't do their jobs. That's true. He really hates that <laughs> shit. Yes, he does. So, um... He, he, Rick tells Michonne that if, you know, if she keeps that rifle and they find it, someone will die and he's not willing to lose anybody else. 
And the sights on it are for shit anyway, so who cares? Oh, yeah, it can't hit anything, that piece of shit. So uh, why not Except give deer. It yeah, except <laughs> un, unseen deer. <laughs> yeah, invisible deer. Yep. So they come back to the to the gate. Michonne is carrying the deer, uh, and they say she was out hunting. Fair enough. Negan compliments Rick on doing the right thing, which is getting that last gun for him. And then Rick asks if Daryl can stay, which I thought was interesting because I didn't see this coming. You know, I, I didn't think Rick would stand up in any way to him, but he does. He says, I want to ask you if Daryl can stay. Uh, Negan says no, of course, but then he has a slight change of heart and he says maybe Daryl can plead his case. Uh, but Daryl says nothing. Now, I don't believe that Negan ever had any intention of letting Daryl stay no matter what he said. No, and Daryl recognized that. So might as well just stay quiet. Yes. Play play Negan's game. Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah, exactly. So Negan says the next time they come back, Rick better have something interesting for him. And if they don't, somebody's going to die. So what are they going to go get? Uh, an IMAX machine, an IMAX camera, and film a movie? And is that kind of interesting? Like, what does he mean by interesting? Well, I guess you do have to define interesting. Uh yeah, I mean, some sort of rare supply. I I don't know. They're going to have to come up with something. Go find a stick that only has one end. <laughs> That'd be interesting. A four-leaf clover, you know. Uh, or, or a 17-leaf clover. Just something something small but interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Something something different, but who knows what he means exactly. Um, Where are we? Dwight takes Daryl's bike from Spencer, and then he returns the hat to Rosita. So Dwight's not all bad. No, he's a, he's a hat returner. He he's going to keep your guns and pour out your water and take a motorcycle. But, you know, he's good with returning hats. Yeah, so he, he returns the hat and he reminds her they took all their guns and beds because, you know, they're that kind of they're jerks that way. <laughs> and uh, she he asks if they found anything else while they were out there. And she's kind of snarky. She says, nope, just your dead friends. <laughs> which is a great line which is a great line but a little risky i would say to drop a line like that in front of all those guys uh dwight tells daryl this is the scene you mentioned earlier that he can have it back if he just says the word and then he rides off yeah so um negan he makes rick thank him before he leaves uh another walker approaches just like at the beginning of the episode and negan uses a huge candlestick to kill it while he's doing this, Rick is still holding Lucille, and we get the feeling that maybe Rick starts to raise the bat as Negan has his back turned, but he doesn't. He decides against doing anything. Well, they kept showing the bat, right, in, in Rick's hands. They kept, uh, and it was kept moving just ever so slightly, so they, uh, they had us on their suspense leash for will Rick take a swing at Negan. Yep. And the music started ramping up. You know, they really, they really wanted us to think he might take that swing, but he does not. Negan goes to leave and kind of pretends that he almost forgot Lucille, you know, like he would ever forget Lucille. And yeah. he reaches across Rick from one side to the other to take the bat. And he whispers to Rick, <laughs> I just slipped my dick down your throat. And you thanked me for it. <laughs> <laughs> such a nasty line. Oh, such a nasty guy. So Negan and the rest of his men leave, and uh, Daryl's looking back out of the back of the truck as they drive away. 
We go to commercial and come back. Rick is closing the gate. He confronts Spencer about hiding the guns, food, and liquor, and he tells Spencer that he's small and weak. Yeah. Not so much for hiding the guns, but for hiding everything else. And Spencer confronts Rick, you know, saying they should have made a deal when they had the chance. He questions how Rick has led them to, you know, this promised land, and he mentions Glenn and Abe, and this gets under Rick's skin a little bit, says if he ever says that again, he'll break his jaw. So... Uh, you know, Rick is broken down, but he still can sort of stand up to someone who's getting on his case a bit, as long as it's not Negan. Right. Um, Rosita is pissed off that he had guns hidden this whole time while she's out there killing zombies, trying to find one. And uh, Spencer says that he had them because he didn't trust Rick all this time. And he tells Rosita that he, you know, doesn't have to, this doesn't have to be our life. Or at least it didn't, and now it's maybe too late. And then Rosita pulls a gun out from the car that she has hidden in the wheel well. Yeah, wheel well gun. Yeah, so we've got fireplace gun, we've got zombie pocket gun, we've got wheel well gun now. And, so, well, it was in the uh, the air vent. Uh, yeah, no, the air vent, but also the one that she pulled off of the zombie. Oh, that's right. So yeah. we've so we've got air vent gun, wheel well gun, zombie pocket gun. A lot fireplace of, gun. Uh, and fireplace. We got like five hidden guns in this episode. Yeah. How many hidden guns have you got in the various voids and, and such around your house? <laughs> I have zero hidden guns in my house. That's exactly how many I have in my house. It's all, not a weird coincidence. All of your guns are out in the open. They're not yeah, hidden. They're all in yeah, that. None are hidden. That's right. Anywhere. None are hidden. Yeah. Yeah. So Rosita has a gun and she puts it down the back of her pants. Well, yeah. Um. You know, that gun is going to play an important part at some point in a future episode, I would think. A Chekhov's gun, if you will. It's got to be. <laughs> so Rick is inside his house. He doesn't have a bed anymore because they stole it. So he's putting sheets and stuff down on the floor. Michonne comes in and they talk about the guns. She says that the rifle she had was one that they took from the uh, satellite outpost when they killed those guys in the night. So obviously the saviors, and they didn't recognize it, so obviously they don't have a list of their weapons either, kind of implying to Rick that they could have taken advantage of that yep. somehow. Um, but Rick doesn't care. He just asks if she has any more, and she says no. And Michonne obviously wants to fight back, but Rick says they have the numbers. Even if we team up with the hilltop, they've still got the numbers. There's no hope. And uh, Michonne questions what kind of life they're going to have now. And then we get the big reveal scene where Rick tells her about Shane and how he knows that Judith is Shane's baby. Yeah. I, you know, I've always thought that this would never really come up on the show and it would just be one of those things that the audience was left to speculate on. And you could, uh, you could argue it both ways. Like Shane's baby. Sure. Shane's baby. No. Um, but here it is right there. Out in the open, at least Rick believes that it's Shane's baby. Yeah, and I think uh, you know I wouldn't have been able, I wouldn't have necessarily believed him that he would know until uh, recently. I don't know if you know this, but I've recently had a son, and uh, I can tell he's mine. <laughs> I can really tell, and I would be able to tell uh, if I didn't see me in him. Yeah, I, I, I well, I, I can't really say that. I can. I can definitively say that I see myself in him and I see Jenny in him. Uh, but I guess I can't really say if, uh, you know, if he wasn't mine, if I would be able to tell. 
but right. I'm pretty sure that I would. Right, right, right. I, I know what you mean. Like, I, I can see my own features in my kids. Or, or at least yeah. at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so the other one might not be yours, well, is what you're yeah, saying. I don't know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> um, but what I mean is, like, sometimes it's it's very obvious, you know, and sometimes not as much. Or in, in my younger daughter, there are traits or physical features on her that are just look more like other members of my family. Right. That's not, <laughs> that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> so you, what you're saying is your brother-in-law might be the father oh, of God. your daughter? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, uh... <laughs> what do you got going on over there? Yeah, Chris? I don't know. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I know what you mean. Uh, you can see yourself in your kid. And uh, so Rick looks at Judith and is like, I can see Shane in there. Oh, my God. She's got such big earlobes. Yeah. Clearly, <laughs> like, that's holy a, crap. Clearly, that's Shane. But he says he loves her anyways. She's his daughter. And he's accepted the fact that it's Shane's. She is Shane's. And so he's going to keep her alive. He says he never wants to put her at any risk. He's going to raise her, protect her and teach her how to survive. And um Michonne says, you know, it's not your fault when people die. And he says, no, not always, but sometimes. And uh, he says that they all have to accept this arrangement with Negan or it won't work. And she kind of comes around to his side and says she will try and starts helping him with the bed, making the floor bed. Now, we cut back to the rusted car. Uh, Michonne is, is there again, so this must be later on. And... She sits for a second, then appears to smell something, and she turns around, follows her nose, and she finds all of their mattresses that the saviors took just burning in a pile on the highway. Gross. And she looks furious. Like, I've never seen a person look more sort of angry and upset all at the same time than Michonne looked in this scene. She looked pretty mad. And it's totally understandable. You know, these people take all their mattresses for no other reason than to just deprive them of somewhere to sleep. Yeah. They don't even need them. So pretty nasty. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, it's night now. We cut back. We see a bullet on the ground. Rosita picks it up. She knocks on Eugene's door, holds it up and says, make me a bullet. Yay. And that's it. So she's got a gun. And she's got her buddy making her a bullet, and uh, maybe she only needs one because it has an intended target. It does. It's got somebody's name on it, maybe. He, he might even write the name on it for all we know, actually. So it's a good idea. Uh, so there it is, a 90-minuter, um, longer-than-usual episode. That was a 90-minuter? Yeah, it was a 90-minuter uh, broadcast, you know, so probably 65 minutes of actual footage and aired in a 90-minute time slot on AMC. Holy shit, I didn't even notice when I was watching it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I knew it I knew it, uh, last week when we talked about it, and I kind of remembered it sometime during the week. But uh, when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And I, I just, I didn't realize it was a 90-minute. Okay, so tell me then, what did you think of this episode in general or overall? Uh, you know what? I kind of liked it. Okay. I, I think it uh, really gave us... Um, uh, more depth of Negan's character, uh, more depth of his control over his group and what that's like, uh, and the control over the uh, this subject uh, communities. 
that he has, uh, you know, because there's, you know, this is not the only community that they go around taking stuff from, right? They, they go no, around yeah. taking stuff from all the communities. Uh, so it gave us an insight into that because uh, it's not just a uh, a wolf pack kind of thing. Like we saw the wolf pack where it's, you know, it's everybody for themselves. He is, Negan is instilling an order on uh, the universe around him, not only with the communities that he's subjugating, but his own uh, men and women as well. Because he said things like, we don't do that to them unless they deserve it. When they uh, they pulled, uh, what's her name, out of the uh, uh, out of the armory? Yeah, Olivia. Olivia. Uh, so there are rules, mm-hmm. right? So there's uh, there's rules on how to treat the subjugated communities. And one of them is we treat them with respect unless, until, unless and un- until they deserve not to be treated with respect. Unless they've wronged us in some way, we treat them with respect. Yeah. But on the flip side, we take what we want and they thank us for it. Right. So I thought it was uh, that whole dynamic that he has, that whole control he has over all of the people around him was very interesting to see. Yeah, and he even said at one point there are rules, right? And he makes the rules and everyone has to live by them. Um, I I get your point and, you know, I, I did appreciate seeing all that, but part of me feels like we kind of already knew a lot of this. You know, I know this did flesh out the way Negan operates a little bit. And give us more information into how he treats his own people versus how he treats the other communities. But I'm not sure we needed so much of it. And I think we kind of got the point early on in the episode, or we could have got the point with a little bit less of them walking around the town with Jeffrey Dean Morgan hamming it up, Um, which is something I want to talk about in a second. Um, But. Yeah, it to me it felt a little long in that respect. I think if we'd cut down the sort of Negan talking to Rick bits a little bit, we maybe could have fit this into a normal hour episode and it would have been tighter and snappier and we would have had the same um same end result. Right. But that's just me, I don't know. Uh I also felt that the missing guns plot was kind of weak and that's the main thing that took way too long. Uh just to just to have him be so concerned about two stupid little missing handguns when they're taking when when they're taking away such an ass load of guns as he said you know we get a shot inside that van it's full packed to the brim with guns basically that's not the point though I the am, point I is it. not you know why do they need these guns the point is that they wanted to take all the guns no i get it for sure i mean that's that's the point he's making and it doesn't matter like you know they're uh, Eric in the meeting there is right. He's like, what is, what's the point? No, it was Scott who said, what's the point of them caring about those two guns? And that's kind of how I felt the whole time. I get it that Negan wanted to make a point, but I'm sort of like, we didn't need a, a long meeting scene of them talking about why it's important. We didn't need them searching the house for so long. We didn't need Negan, you know, vocalizing all this stuff about the importance of these two guns. And it felt to me a little bit like a setup just so we would be worried about him killing Olivia, which is a character we haven't seen in, uh, you know, many episodes. Quite some time. Yeah. Quite some time. So I, I felt like that was just a little bit too much. And again, it could have been a bit tighter, um, but otherwise I think the Negan stuff was mostly good. Um, but I do think that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is, as I said a second ago, hamming it up 
a bit too much. I feel like Negan is just on the brink of falling over the cliff into caricature of like a bad villain. He's a little. We like, felt the same way about Abraham. When I know he showed up. I know, and and I never really hundred percent got over that with Abraham. I'm, you know, he's his one-liners felt too much for me throughout his tenure on the show. But Negan, like all his little giggles while he talks and his speech inflections and the way he mo- almost the way he moves his body like sideways when he says things, and I just feel like it's a little bit too much, or it's just verging on falling over that line and it it takes me out of it a bit and i notice it and i think about it and i don't want to think about how goofy he is i want to be shocked and surprised at how evil he is and i hate him don't get me wrong i hate him for what he's doing to our main characters but he's a little bit too close to that cartoon villain line for me i i can see where you're coming from yeah uh, but I don't necessarily agree with you. I think that he is hamming it up, but I think it's, uh, I think the character is, that's part of the character and not too much for me. I enjoy that character like the, right. like it is not, and I don't think it's too much for me. You know, a part of me is right there with you. I do enjoy it. I do think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is amazing. But I, I waver back and forth between enjoying it and thinking, oh, stop it. <laughs> just just be just be evil, Negan. Um, anyways, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. He's he's playing it a little almost a little too cocky and arrogant at times is uh, is, is something else I sort of feel. And then it occurred to me like I didn't make uh, I didn't count or anything, but. How many times do we have to hear him say things like, let me ask you a question, Rick, or there's just one question I have, Rick. (laughs) He says he says Rick's name a lot, which is fine. He's just trying to remind him that, you know, you're mine and I know your name. He's trying to sell him something. If you're trying to sell somebody something, you use their name because people's names are the most beautiful sound in uh, their whole lives. That's right, Jason. That's right, Chris. You just you keep using people's names. I guess so. And it makes them feel special and uh, awesome and fuzzy and warm. Well, maybe that's what Negan's trying to do. But uh, again, all these things just sort of pile up for me a little bit, and I'm I'm worried that Negan is is coming across the wrong way for me and potentially for other viewers as well. You know, he's supposed to be this controlling bad bad dude. And he's, he is, but he's also a little bit wacky and he's a little bit wacky. I'm hoping it's not ruining it for too many people. I think, I think that's not the case though. I'm pretty sure most people are like, oh my God, I can't believe what he just did or said. And you know, what's Rick going to do about this? He's got to get back at him somehow. Oh, I hate him so much. I just want to smash his face in. Yeah. I think most people are feeling that. And I'll, and I can't say I'm not because I want to smash his face in as much as anybody. Um, but Hopefully someday that'll happen. Um, But in general, yeah, I like this episode uh, a lot too, even though I feel like I had a lot of little nitpicks with it. It all sort of came together more or less as a, as a pretty solid episode. And, and I certainly don't have too much to complain about. Good. All right. Um, Let's take a short break. When we come back, we will read your Holy crap. Did you see that moments for this episode? Stay with us. 
it's time to thank new people who went over to our Patreon page and supported us there. You can do that at patreon.com slash the talking dead. And this week, just one new patron. That is Maggie Haggerty. Thank you so much, Maggie, for your support on Patreon. If you want to check us out over there, you can do so at that link that I mentioned, patreon.com slash the talking dead. You can make a small monthly pledge to uh, help us out with the costs of putting on this podcast. And uh, there are different levels you can pledge at, some involving some neat rewards like stickers or, uh, um, you know, a shout out on the show or even the ability to choose something for us to watch and review during the hiatus when Walking Dead is not on the air. So check us out at patreon.com slash the talking dead if you want to do that. And if that's not your thing, really quick, you can use our Amazon links when you do your shopping at Amazon by going to talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon and clicking on the country of your choice, or at least the one that makes most sense for you. We thank everyone who does that, as well as everyone who supports us on Patreon. Either way, it's a great way to support the show. Holy crap. Did you see that? All right, Jason, it is time to play and read people's holy crap moments for this episode. That's excellent, Christopher. The first one is going to be a call from Lucas in McGrath, Alberta. Hey, it's Lucas from McGrath, Alberta. My holy crap moment is actually something that you didn't see in this episode. And it's the fact that Carol wasn't there. And I'm very happy that she wasn't there this episode. Rarely that's the case, but had she seen what was going on, she would have found a way to attack or to fight back or kill someone, and somebody would have ended up dead. So I am very glad that Carol wasn't there this episode. I've never really said that before, but holy crap, I'm glad she's not there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, so I was initially a little bit confused by Lucas's message um, when he said, you know, holy crap, Carol's not there. But he's not saying, like, oh my god, where is Carol? He's saying, I'm just glad she's not there because she would have rocked the boat and got someone killed. Yeah, she would have. And that's probably very true. Although, the last we saw Carol, she seems to have kind of found her peace for a little while, and they've moved her into her own house. And so if that Carol showed up, you know, maybe she wouldn't be so quick to fight back and kill somebody and, you know, create a bad situation. Well, I don't know. Carol's just, she's... (sighs) She's just, she's killed so many people. Yeah, that's true, including children <laughs> and uh, sick people who were otherwise innocent. Yeah, she's just, uh, she's unreliable as far as not killing people. Mm, that's true. You, you can't rely on her to not kill somebody. So Lucas, as a fan of Carol, is glad yes. that Carol wasn't there because it probably would have ended bad for everybody. Carol would have probably killed somebody. All right. <laughs> that's, that is a statement that you can say. Any time she is in a scene. <laughs> yeah. There's a good chance Carol would have killed somebody. Yeah. All right. Next up is a call from John on the internet. Holy crap. Did you see that? Negan saying the words, holy shit. That is one of our characters essentially saying, holy crap. So if a character saying, holy crap, 
is not a holy crap, did you see that moment, then I don't know what is. Did you follow along there, Jason? Holy crap, a holy crap. That's right. It's pretty much what he was saying. Thank you, John, on the internet. Uh, this next one is a call from David in a little town right outside Hamilton. I must admit, David, I'm cheating on this one a bit. He doesn't actually frame this as a holy crap moment, but for some reason I'm going to allow it. So here we go. Hello, Chris and Jason. My name is David Party from a little town right outside Hamilton, just down the highway from you guys. Love the podcast. I've just watched seven minutes and 43 seconds, basically the cold open, and I'm already frustrated. The head of the snake is right outside the gate. Both Rosita and Spencer have guns. I don't know how much more of a free opportunity you need to take out the main guy. Just adds to my frustration from the first episode of Rick in the RV in a similar situation when I thought one of our main characters could take out Negan rather easily. Anyways, just thought I'd share. Love to hear your thoughts. Again, great podcast. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you, David. So, Jason, we talked about this not too long ago during the recap about uh, it, it occurred to me while I was blabbering on that 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 little uh, scene in the graveyard with Maggie's fake grave or yep. at least the she the grave she was hiding in <laughs> that's right would have been the perfect opportunity to take Negan out you would think um, but obviously like he walks up to the gate he's standing there silhouetted you can clearly see where his head is <clears throat> and why not have Rosita or Spencer take that shot through the gate kill him and then deal with the aftermath. I mean, nobody would be expecting that. So they might even have time to like run away and have the rest of the town arm up and fight back. If there is any resistance after that. They had, a, there was a lot of guys and a lot of people that uh, was with him. Cause as soon as they opened the gate and they said, okay, we're, uh, you know, they're going to go search the houses. When he talked to uh, a rat and said, okay, a rat <laughs> go, uh, go search the houses. Uh, you know, Less than half of the people went to search houses. There was still a whole bunch of people standing around with guns. There's a ton of people, but they didn't know how many people were there at that time, right? So on one hand, they were being cautious. Like if we kill this guy, there could be 300 people out there who are just going to steamroll us, which kind of was the case. But they didn't know that. Like, you know, it all it would have taken is Spencer to or to, you know, shoot through that thing, through through that wall. Negan's dead. Maybe all his guys turn tail and run. I don't know. Probably not. But could be. What's I want your defi- the definitive answer on this, Jason? Is does it make more sense for them to take an opportunity to kill the head guy, Negan, deal with the consequences after that, which very well could be a lot of more, a lot more killing and death, or does it make more sense to play it safe, do what he wants, and this is the life we have now? Uh, do play it safe, do what he wants up to a point, you know, uh, play along, but plan, Mm. right? So you've got some devious bastards in their group. So I think that they can plot the downfall of Negan. And I think that someone that is, uh, where, you know, the, the center of power is on a single person like that. And his power base is, uh, uh, is predicated on fear and anger. Uh, you know, you take that 
person out, there's going to be a power vacuum, sure, and there's going to be a lot of infighting for uh, who's going to take over the uh, the Negan spot, and you can take advantage of that, right? So taking out the head of the snake, uh, not you know, not spur of the moment, not when they show up with three hundred guys uh, standing at your door, but you know planning for it, sneaking up on, they got rifles, they got people with uh, rifle skills, uh, sniper rifle skills type of the type thing, you know, uh, lie in wait somewhere where you know he might pass by in, uh, like he does his rounds every once in a while. You know, if he's going to pass by and he's going to be in sitting in a truck, take him out and uh, get that power vacuum going, get the infighting going, because then a few more guys at the top level are probably going to get killed by each other. So mm-hmm. you can you can play off that. But so, in order to do that, you have to play along. Give right. him all the mattresses, give him all the guns, uh, you know, carry around his bat, uh, you know, let him slip his cock down your throat and then <laughs> thank him for it. For now. For now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not... And not forever, but not for now. forever, and you don't have to mean it. Right. You don't have to mean it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, play along and then take them out. All right. So wait for your moment is what you're saying. Yeah. So currently they're making the right choice. Yes. Seems secret like. people, secret guns. Okay. All right. Well, it does frustrate me a little bit, along with uh, David, that they don't take these opportunities when they could. But I see your point and uh you know they i i'm pretty sure that's what they're doing they're just biding their time even if rick doesn't realize it yet but they'll they'll find a moment and they'll take action yes someday probably before the end of season seven (laughs) blow blow some shit up like uh you can you can get him in a pincer movement you just uh as he's going down the road you blow up a car or something that's sitting on the side of the road that he's driven by like 14 times some kind of uh IED, you, you know, you stop the convoy. Once everybody gets out, you take out Negan. Yeah. From a, from a long way away. Except that he's taken all your explosives away. So you got to first find more. You just need a sniper rifle of some kind. I'm sure they can manage to find some weapons somewhere. I mean, well, go find Carol. She's got weapons. Guaranteed. That's true. That's true. I'm sure she probably does. All right. So our friend Adam in Texas writes, holy crap, there's nothing worse than seeing defeated Rick trying to make this work. Which I kind of get to. It is depressing to see Nick and uh, Nick Rick so defeated and just broken down by this guy. Yeah. But again, sort of understand where he's coming from. John in Kent, UK writes, holy crap, did you see that crazy zoom out camera shot when Negan entered Alexandria after the cold open? Never seen one of those on the show before and it felt a bit odd stylistically. What did you guys think? I did notice it. I yep. did think it was a little bit odd stylistically. But it was kind of, uh, I don't know, was it a, was it a comedy camera movement? It, it, it had a comedy element to it because we're, we're focused up on Negan and then it zooms back really fast to show us all the guys around him. Right. Yeah. And it, there was a slight, there was a bit of comedy there, but I don't think it was a hundred percent comedy because it was also trying to show us, to show us, you know, to give us an idea of the size of his posse. It was definitely a stylistic choice that yeah. somebody made. 
director of photography, director, maybe D- director, probably oh, man, one of the two. And then the editor decided to use it. So, um, hey, I really like that. That was really cool. It, it, to me, it was a little Sam Raimi, honestly, like, you know, he loves to use fast zooms and weird camera angles and stuff like that. Certainly back in the evil dead days. Um, but but even, you know, in movies he, he makes now or movies he's made since then, he usually zooms in, I find. But this reminded me of a reverse Sam Raimi in a way. It makes me want to watch Evil the Evil Dead series again. Oh, dude, you should and you should be watching Ash versus Evil Dead and listening. Maybe after I watch Evil Dead, Evil Do- Dead 2 and Army of Darkness that I'll go and say, you know what? I think I want to watch Ash versus the Evil Dead and give it another chance. So maybe, maybe I will, my friend. Maybe I will do it, man. I recently rewatched Army of Darkness and had a really good time with it, and then listened to the Evil Dead cast, which I, which I am on. I'll tell you a story about uh, the Evil Dead two sometime off the air, <laughs> unless we do a shit Jason did in the nineties. All right. Well, that <laughs> episode that may be a. Uh, that Put that on the list bonus of uh, shit Jason did in the 90s. All right. Well, oh, that was a fucked up day, boy. There's a tease if I ever heard one. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, where am I here? Tom in Delaware, Ohio. Holy crap, did you see Rick tell Michonne about Shane and that Judith isn't his? That is something I never thought he would let himself admit to. Obviously, he has, but he explained it by saying, I have to accept this because it's my job to keep this uh, keep this girl safe and train her how to survive. And it's Michonne, and he loves her. That's right. And he's in a safe place now. He can admit things that in his heart of heart cause him pain. Yeah, exactly. He might not tell everybody that, but it's Michonne. Yeah. He's not going to tell Carl. God, no. (laughs) Why would he tell Carl? (laughs) Because that affects Carl's relationship with his mother. That's right. Yeah, you know, not only uh, how Rick feels about the whole thing. So James in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Holy crap, Rick Grimes. This episode was the first time we have seen Rick look truly defeated. But holy hell, when he threatened to break Spencer's jaw and called him weak and small, it gave me hope we will see their rictatorship return sooner rather than later. It'll be later. I think it'll be later, too. Yeah. Uh, But Rick still does have, you know. He's still got a bit of fight left in him if he's putting Spencer in his place like that, I'd say. That's true. Michael in London writes, my holy crap moment for this week is holy crap. Negan must have taken half of the Colgate and Floss factory. His teeth are great. (laughs) (laughs) He does have very nice looking straight white teeth. Dental care is very important. It is. Even in the zombie apocalypse. It is because there's, it's hard to come by a dentist. So if you have a serious tooth problem, that can kill you. Yeah, and you can't even find a decent pair of ice skates to knock out an abscess or something like that, like uh, Tom Hanks did in Cast Away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, but it can't be that hard to find a pair of ice skates, you'd think. I don't know, man. I could, if the zombie apocalypse happened oh, right. right now. Uh, yeah, hockey. I was, I was only thinking like the white figure skating skates. I forgot about hockey. Yeah, but I mean, or crowbars. I mean, yeah. Okay, so there's lots of options. Uh, you know, a pair of pliers. They could probably come by a pair of pliers relatively easy. I'm just saying. Yes, they, there are lots of ways to knock a tooth out. None yeah. very fun if you're not being helped by a dentist with oh, the proper my equipment. God. Yeah, I remember I had my wisdom teeth out, uh, and I was sort of I was mostly out, and they uh, they had to break the tooth in half uh-huh. in order to get it out. Yeah, and it just like the, the Friggin' oral surgeon was like knees on my chest, you know, full on cracking that tooth, and I could hear it go crack. 
and then half of it kind of went down my throat and he's like i just swallow that you, you'll be fine <laughs> that'll that'll tear up your intestines later <laughs> yeah no it was it was fine i didn't notice anything it was just a small piece of no i know i know but uh yeah oh god i i had a wisdom tooth ta- taken out in pieces as well and that is not pleasant i didn't find it too bad <laughs> Pain-wise, I didn't find it too bad. Afterwards, they gave me a whole bunch of Percocet, and they said, uh, take this, but start taking it before you feel the pain, because you don't want to know what that feels like. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. I do want to know what that feels like. And I didn't take the Percocet, and after a day or two, I was like, you know what? That doesn't really hurt. I never took a single one. Wow. You're a- I have a high, stupid high tolerance for pain. You're a Like a a dangerously high tolerance for pain. Can I come over and punch you in the face repeatedly and see how long it lasts? No, but okay. I have injured myself significantly without noticing. Okay. I remember, I remember that time I injured myself and then bled all over Jenny's floor and she's like, what the hell are you doing? I looked down, <laughs> I thought there was like jam on my foot and I start cleaning it off. It's like dried blood. I'd been bleeding for like an hour and a half. I didn't know. That's weird, man. It's dangerous. It is dangerous. You got to know when you're bleeding. I got to be careful. Yes, you do. Be careful. Very careful. We don't want you to bleed out and not know it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jackie in Croydon, UK writes, Holy crap, I cannot believe how much I hate Negan and Dwight, more so than any other fictional characters ever. Made me angry and sad all at once. Even more than JR? (laughs) I don't know. It's pretty easy to hate Negan and Dwight right now. Yeah. So. Well, who else, like fictional character uh, that's a bad guy, who, who else do we hate? As much as Negan. Is there somebody? Darth Vader? Like, no. No, you don't hate Darth Vader. Darth Vader is like an awesome bad guy. Yeah, that's true. You don't hate him. You love Darth Vader because um, he's such a bad guy. Let's see. Hannibal Lecter? Uh, no. He was fun too. Yeah. Um, what other thing? Lex Luthor? Lex Luthor? Uh, no, he's just goofy. He's just kind of goofy. In, in most incarnations. Uh, Bane, maybe? No. I can't think of... I found him annoying. Yeah. Um, That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I can't... Right now, I can't think of a bad guy in TV or movie that uh, I hate more than Negan. And I... That... You know, Negan, I want to see him get punished and beaten uh, and killed more than any other villain in TV or movies that I can think of. Yeah, me too. I can't think of someone that I want to see get his just desserts more than than Negan. Dwight I'm 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 slightly more okay with. Uh yes, he's a dick and he's, he's done some be bad things, but he is going to be redeemed. I don't think I cannot see Negan being redeemed. Uh No, Negan has to be taken out. Yes, he needs to be removed, but you're right. I can't think of another villain I hate as much as this guy either. Like in the history of villains. I'm sure there's somebody out there. Um some James Bond villain like uh Goldfinger goldfinger no or or jaws no jaws was just amazing uh (laughs) i don't know man it's it's weird it's a good question maybe uh yeah if you if you know of somebody that you hate more than negan or as much that it comes close to negan let us know let's start a list everybody write in villains that are worse than negan or that make you feel worse or make you hate them even more and i want to see if that list grows at all and uh maybe we'll we'll read a few out uh on the on the podcast as they come in sure all right um sean on the internet holy crap did you see all that nothing so rick's group is armed to the teeth they have a bunch of people with guns and food they also have a wall with towers and they let these guys come in and rob them 
I mean, I figured Rick was just groveling in episode one to save himself and his people from more death, but the writers really have them all turned into little bitches. I think we've kind of covered that. I, I, I think they're waiting for their moment. And um, I think right now, though, most of the people in Alexandria, led by Rick, really do feel like this is hopeless and there's nothing they can do. They do. So, you know, I think they'll get their wits about them at some point and eventually fight back. But, uh, you know, there's inklings of it. Rosita has a gun. Um, Maggie, we haven't seen her, but she seemed pretty ready to fight. Michonne is angrier than I've ever seen anyone about the mattresses. So there's there's people out there in on Rick's side of things that are going to, you know, really want to fight back soon. So I think we'll see it sooner. That's than- what I mean by secret people, secret guns. We got Maggie... Uh, there you go. There. Yeah. And she probably has a gun. Well, she's at- Negan bought that she's dead. It's like, oh, she died. That's right. Damn, and I wanted to have sex with her. <laughs> yeah. So, which means I, I, I figure she's at the hilltop, right? Cause that's where she was yeah. headed. Yeah. Which if he truly believes she's dead, that means he wouldn't ever be expecting to see her suddenly show up and they could use that as an element of surprise. Exactly. Or, you know, put her in a perch someplace with a high-powered rifle. And he won't be looking for her. She can cause some shit. And they won't blame it on anybody because they're like, well, what the hell was that? It's like everybody's here. So who's up there? Yeah. You know, Rick and the gang will have an alibi. The Hilltop people will have an alibi. And Maggie will be in a perch somewhere uh, blowing heads apart. Yep. I want to see that. I also would like to see that. All right. B-Dell on the internet writes, holy crap, did you see the flaw in... Jeffrey Dean Morgan's acting. I like him as an actor, but I think I figured out what I cannot quite put my finger on. When he faces off against Rick in particular, it looks like something flickers in JDM's eyes like he does not quite believe himself, like it takes away from Negan's menace. I get he is channeling a bit of the comedian, but it's not quite there. Andrew Lincoln comes out looking better in every close-up interaction between the two. And this in a way, is what I was talking about earlier in that I feel like Jeffrey Dean Morgan's hamming it up a little too much. And in a way, he isn't taking his own character quite seriously enough and not really believing in in the character. Right. I don't think it's a major problem, and I'm not, you know, right on board with what Bedell is saying, but uh, I'm obviously not the only person that was sort of feeling that, I think. Right. Which is why I wanted to include this, to validate my own observations. <laughs> right. So, you know, gather uh, gather your arguments together. That's it. Exactly. So we'll see. I hope they tone it down a little bit. I also feel like, you know, Negan's not going to be... This was a heavy Negan episode, you know? Maybe there was just too much of him in this one. If they If he's in, you know, episodes a little bit less, maybe it won't feel as obvious, so... And I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of happens as the season progresses. Uh, Frank on the internet writes, holy crap moment has to be Michonne. Her rage is bubbling up and I think she's going to be key in the revolt Rick and the gang lead. I'm glad to see her getting more screen time this season and I hope we see more. Everyone is a walker's hair away from snapping. (laughs) A walker's hair. Yeah, that's very gross, decaying, uh, deprecated? No. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, very thin... Hair. <laughs> yeah. Just a walker's hair. Desecrated. There Not it deprecated. is. Deprecated. No. That's a whole other meaning. Whole other thing. Yep. 
Uh, John on the internet. Holy crap. Michonne wasting bullets and making a lot of noise, shooting one lone zombie that she could have easily taken out with her sword and ultimately had to. Yep. So. I blame the, I blame the rifle. Obviously. Obviously. Improperly sighted rifle. Yeah. It's really the only explanation since no one else has ever missed a shot in seven seasons, which I know. Oh yeah. All headshots. I know that's not true. People have missed, but come on. The zombie was right there and she couldn't hit it. Uh, Jack in rainy England writes, holy crap, did you see the impressive facial hair on one of the walkers Rosita killed? Someone supporting Movember. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Um, Beth in Scotland, my holy crap, did you see that moment for this week? Was that finally someone called out Father Gabriel on his creepy smile and sneakiness? (laughs) Don't even care that it was Negan. It was so long overdue. He's by far the weirdest uh, slash most unbelievable character in Alexandria. Nice. I agree. I think he's kind of weird. And finally, we're going to end with this one. Ace from the planet Jendel. Holy crap, did you see that? Was that Rosita's nipple poking through her shirt when Negan was flirting with her? If so, then that was the sexiest moment ever in the entire series. All right, we're going back. Let's go to the tape. (laughs) Go to the tape. Jason's on nipple patrol. Uh, Nipple duty. Yeah, which is uh, an experience he's not entirely unfamiliar with. No. I guess. Nor am I thinking this is a bad... Uh, waste of time yeah probably uh i don't know i didn't go back to look to look at the tape there but uh i'm pretty sure it's likely not a nipple certainly not an exposed one it's a fold of a shirt oh you got it it's the fold of a it's not a nipple if it is a nipple it is way on the inside of her boob or her boob is like way twisted inside her bra if she's wearing one totally uh, in the wrong place if it's a nipple it's uh Way awkward position. Okay. It. Well, I'm glad we had that confirmed by you. And, uh, well, maybe she has more than two nipples. She could it's have. It's possible, right? She could have three or four in there. You just have a nipple off to the side there. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I can't, I can't say definitively it's not a nipple, but it doesn't look like one to me. I feel inappropriate. I feel bad even having this conversation now after, after, criticizing you know negan for his gross attitude towards women and that guy earlier in this episode and his absolutely reprehensible comments to uh uh enid here we are talking about rosita's nipple i I feel a little dirty too now so sorry let's not do that again yeah all right that's it for holy crap thank you so much to everyone who wrote in uh and that's going to do it for our podcast this week jason i got to put you on the spot how do you feel about a feedback show uh later on this week i think feedback shows are the best thing that can happen during a week well that's good to hear and (laughs) since uh my wife is not going to be quite ready to get back on the feedback horse uh are you feeling up for it either wednesday or thursday I am feeling up for it either Wednesday or Thursday. My wife is not going to like it, but she's going to live with it. <laughs> okay. Because I'm going to beg and get permission. All right. Well, let's, I, I, I'd like to aim for Thursday if that's okay with you. So if, you, okay. if you're going to go and, and do that, I'm hoping we can do it on Thursday. And uh, I also want to talk later, probably off the air, about permanently doing it on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays, but we will sort that out later. It's something that's been rattling around in my stupid brain for a while. So um, 
let's talk about that. The point is, everybody, that we will very much most likely be back to a feedback show this week because, as Jason said, it is the best thing ever. And uh, I don't want to miss it again uh, like we did last week. So fingers crossed nobody has to go in the hospital. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. And we can uh, do a feedback show. So super. take a look for that. Um, speaking of feedback, though, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that in one of many ways. First of all, you can go to talkingdeadpodcast.com and click on send voicemail. That'll record, uh, that'll let you record your message right into your computer. You can also just use your phone or whatever recording, other recording device you have to like record a voice memo and then email that straight to us. That usually gets the best quality recording and, uh, is amazing. So you know, do that if you can. Um, and then that email address would be talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. Until next time, everybody. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, I got a gin and tonic here. I've got a Canada oh, dried ginger ale. Well, the ginger ale is good. Fucking gin is evil. You don't like gin and tonic? No, I don't like gin. Do you like tonic by itself? I, li- I love tonic. That's weird. Nobody likes tonic by itself. I like tonic. It's, it's gross. Bubbly. It's really doesn't have a taste to it. No, you're thinking of soda water. Soda water is tasteless. Tonic has a strong taste. What does it taste like? Uh, whatever that ingredient is in it. There's a particular ingredient. Is it gin? <laughs> no, the gin is what counteracts the gross tonic flavor and makes it delicious. Oh, geez, you see, that would make it twice as bad. No, gin is good. I man. really don't like gin. I've uh, The last time I had gin was when I made out with this girl. What the hell is her name? Pam. Went down into the States uh, to, to play in the pipe band, and uh, we played at this military base, and Pam's father was in the military and was there, and she got invited with her friend, and my friend... Uh, little big Bill Smith, uh, he made out with her friend and I made out with Pam. And that was the last time I had gin and tonic. <laughs> but you you did have a Pam and tonic. I had, I, I, not, well, I made out with Pam. That was it. <laughs> Pam and Jim and Pam. That's the office. Pam. Yeah, that's right. There's a joke there somewhere. Gin and Pam. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but did you notice my friend's name was little big Bill Smith? I did. Yeah. That's because his father was also in the pipe band, and he was Big Big Bill Smith. They were both Bill Smiths, and there was Big Bill Smith and Little Bill Smith, but they were both really big. So we called them Big Big Bill Smith and Little Big Bill Smith. The the first descriptor more referring to their age than their size, maybe. Little, yeah, that's right. He's the Little Big Bill Smith. Right. <laughs> Old nice Big guy. Bill Smith and Young Big Bill Smith. Yeah. Old Big Bill Smith is dead now. Young that's, Big Bill Smith, he's still alive and kicking, and friend of mine on Facebook. Which, Hi, Bill, if which, you're listening. Which you'd never use. <laughs> Remember Pam and that girl you made out with? <laughs> I bet he does. He might. <laughs>